everybody, and welcome to a spooky episode. I of hate the when you Channel do that. Boys. Stop doing that. <laughs> it's our Halloween episodes. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Mara K. Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. Death has always had a prominent place in my mind. There are times when I think somebody might kill me. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> hey, Latoya. And we are joined by awesome special guest, Elena Rivera. What's up, Elena? Nothing much. Thanks for having me. No problem. So we watched, I think, maybe one of the scariest episodes of this I of our I whole series. Scary. I mean, disturbing. Maybe. Uh, Family Matters, season eight, episode seven, Stevel, which is the episode where Steve Urkel gets a ventriloquist dummy that goes on a murder spree. And this is the first episode where that happens. There's a sequel episode. episode. There are There's two. A... This is the weird prequel that is almost impossible to find. We happen to all find it online, but it's very difficult to find, and I think for good reason, both because it's a terrible episode, and it's creepy, and I feel like <laughs> they probably tried to like expunge it from their their uh, regular show listing, but it's still infamously yeah. creepy, I think. Like, okay, uh, I'll be honest with the audience, like... Uh, I forgot about we were doing this episode, so last minute I'm like, oh, I need to find it. Couldn't find it anywhere, just like on YouTube or anything, so I'm like, I guess I have to torrent it. So there's a torrent for the complete series of Family Matters. We're like, okay, go to season eight. I'm like, well, wait, where's the episode? The episode is the only one missing. (laughs) Of nine seasons! Yeah. That's weird, okay? And then... I will say the only other place you can find it was not like online streaming somewhere on YouTube. Someone has filmed an episode playing on their TV of this episode, which is not uncommon. That's a lot. Has a lot of people get away through like you know uh, copyright claims. They just they'll tape something so that you can't automatically get the system recognize it as an episode of Family Matters that I guess everyone's trying to claim. <laughs> um, but like it's super creepy to watch this on someone's TV through a video camera because it's just super weird like it's just the episode is not necessarily scary in the sense that it's genuinely scary it's more just like i mean if it had you know some skeletons and frankensteins be (laughs) super spooky yes Mm. but uh so this is just like creepy like it's almost just sort of like a they missed the mark so much that it ended up being creepy by accident um but the episode does start off with telling you it has I don't know if they had to do this. Maybe, like, test screenings came back and they were like, guys, this is terrifying children. <laughs> but they had Jaleel White sit down and they're like, watch this with someone brave. <laughs> it's weird. It's... The thing about me not finding it scary, too, is that, like, they, there is, like, a legitimately scary TJF like, Halloween episode, which isn't really a Halloween episode, and it's uh, Boy Meets World, and then there was Sean with, like, the slasher. Like, and there's no, like, oh, you know... Warning, this is going to be terrifying and scar children for life. Whereas, that was definitely like watching Scream as a, as a preteen. We yeah. Too young to be watching Scream as exactly. far as I'm concerned. And yeah, so this is, this is kind of, I guess what they're, this is, has a Scream-esque element where they take out people one by one. This will, slasher bit. This seems re- like, again, the two guys and the girl episode we did watch for the podcast, it's like... A lesser version of it. It even has, like, the special spooky credits, like, all the written titles. It's like, oh, oh. God. This, is, this seems like a Halloween episode of Two Guys and a Girl that they, like, ditched. Like, we don't need, like, I don't, it would be Pete who would have the dummy, definitely. Sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pete yeah. decides to become a ventriloquist because, again, Pete is aimless and he doesn't know what he's doing with his life. <laughs> and it, that's exactly what this would be. It's like, well, they already had Psycho Bird killing everyone, so we don't need that. And it really does come across as, like, um, it is, like, a special episode of the show, because when he when he sits down and warns you, and in general, it feels like, oh, we're gonna, like, take a break from reality, because that's what shows could do in the 90s slash early 2000s, where they could just mess around with people, because I, I they can still do it now, but it's just a lot harder to, like, di- divul- diverge from the main core way the show is, because this is so left field for any other show to be... Like, have a, a literal walking around talking ventriloquist dummy is a little weird for any That's, kind of sitcom nowadays. Yeah, so I, I was watching it, and I haven't really seen a ton of episodes of Family Matters, and I was like, what is canon in this show? Like, is it in a <laughs> real universe? Is this, like, some magical universe? I thought it was kind of about this, like, blue-collar see, family. See, it's a tough show, though, because they have, they have obviously, Stefan and Steve, mm-hmm. right? So. Well, the thing is, like, I haven't really watched or rewatched the show much since they're like obviously there are episodes on ABC Family, so I watched them sometimes when I was younger. But like 
early season uh, Family Matters and late season Family Matters are two completely different shows because mm-hmm. yes. early season Family Matters is about the Winslow family, a black family living in Chicago, and their father is a cop. So there's actually like a lot of discussion about that. It's one of those kind of like special episodes every week thing, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like less saccharine. It's like it's a better show than Full House. I will say that. Like rewatching, like, even rewatching this, I'm like, this is better than anything that we saw for Full House when we were watching it. But uh, then Steve Urkel became the breakout character, and then because it became, that stopped yeah. being as popular. So they need mm. they, he was always popular throughout. So Did they, I they, do they, that? And all that. They started giving him more and more like little bits, and I'm trying to. He had a very, he had a very small role just as like the kid who had a crush on Laura next door. Like in the, the first season, neighbor. he had a yeah. very very small role in the first season. It's the equivalent of giving like the entire Boy Meets World show to Feeny or something, or I guess no you to, say, to, it's to Minkus. To oh, Minkus, yeah, exactly. Or, like, right. Roger from Sister, Sister. Yeah, oh, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. It's literally giving it to Roger. And I actually, that's not totally wrong, because Roger does become a major player in the later episodes of Sister, Sister. because Roger and, grows up hot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, hell yes, he does. But, like, th- that's totally where they were going. They were just like, okay, well, this part of it's not broke, so I guess we're going to have to push all the major plots towards Carl... Slash Steve, yeah. which is kind of weird. It's like a it buddy comedy, like was, basically. And it wasn't even like it was like, you know, Eddie and Eddie and Carl and Steve, or Eddie and Steve, or even Laura and Steve. Laura and Steve, he was always obsessed with Laura, so he she used to, you know, get him following her around, which, I mean, she's gorgeous, so I, it's understandable that she's <laughs> she's the object of somebody's affection, but then it was really creepy, because he would just start showing up and being like, Laura, I'm he, in love with He was you. a stalker. Yeah, oh. and so he, um, so he definitely is a creepy character, but, like, I think he sort of just was there as a background character that got, you know, bumped up to become a major player. And I mean, player. next season, uh, like, the mother, she's not in the show anymore. Like, Joe Marie Payton. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's like, weird. it really just becomes kind of Carl, like, as the sidekick to Urkel. Which is so weird, because who wants to watch a show with a guy named Urkel and this, like, 40-year-old, 50-year-old <laughs> cop guy as his buddy. Like, it's weird. It's a strange setup. And they have good chemistry because there's such... It ends. Like, you have Carl, who's so, like, um, serious and by the book and stuff, and then you have Urkel, who's so goofy and weird. But, like, in general, it's still just a weird pairing because they just sort of come across as, like, too old and too young, because Urkel's still in high school, I think, at this point. This might be college or something. The, the series finale... Urkel goes to space. Wait, what? Thank you for burying the lead. Wait, wait. <laughs> well, that was so, before it. Both Steve and Stefan proposed to Laura. So, we should tell you, if you've never seen this, Elena, and, and, and uh, audience who's listening. Again, watch just the early seasons. Okay. Yeah, there is a point where Steve becomes such a weirdo that he decides to create a machine that will make him cool. So he makes like a... I don't even know how to describe it, like, a Sim-style machine where you could step in and change your body type. And he steps in, and it cha- it changes him into this suave... <laughs> it turns him into Jaleel White, basically. It turns him into real-life Jaleel White, who's gorgeous, and not Urkel, who has, like, suspenders, you know... And high-pitched voice. Nipples, all that stuff. And then he's, like, this cool, like, suave dude where Stefan Urkel! Yeah, Stefan Urkel. And he's wearing, like, suits and stuff, but, like, suits with, like, uh, Miami Vice-style shirts underneath. Yeah, he's so Miami Vice. And, like, you get it. And then it's funny, because it sort of turns it on the side where Laura is now obsessed with him, and she seems weird. And then there's some weird stuff where Laura becomes nerdy in the machine. I forget. That was, like, a couple episodes. But regardless of that, like, This happened on, like, a grounded sitcom. (laughs) It started off very grounded, and then... This is what happens when you let a character take that. Like, if Screech took over Saved by the Bell, this is what would have happened. Exactly. And, and that's, it's only to say that this, this episode fits in the, in the canon in the sense that stuff happens on the show that is never really referred to as weird as it actually should be. Uh Because the Stefan Arkell stuff is straight up weird. Like, that's just He has a machine to turn into a cool alter ego. That's insane. Like, he, (laughs) he genuinely builds a machine and everyone's like, machine, this is cool. Steps into it, That's like a shitty John Hughes movie, is what it is. <laughs> it really, it's it's like weird science. Like, exactly. he steps into the machine, smoke comes out, he has to pour something in, and then it has like a little show, it shows how it goes from like, nerd to cool. 
Like, it has, like, an actual, like, gauge that shows nerd changing to cool. It's not a very, like, hard-to-follow <laughs> plot, but it's weird as hell. And it's totally normal in the, in the universe of the show, because more than one character has gone into the, the, the cool nader, or whatever the hell it's called. or some name for it, I think. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, so that's that's where we're starting, is in a show that goes to those places. This part, this part seems like it's almost kind of par for the course. But mm. it is still weird, because I don't think this would get along as well with some of the sitcoms out now. Obviously, there's certain shows that have done stuff mm. like this that are you know, more outlandish and, like, outside the box. But I don't think you'd picture, like, the, the cast of Modern Family having... Mm-hmm. Well, there are there is a dummy on that show at one point, but, but like, like it, it's different. They're not dummy killing people. And, and what makes it so glaring, like, it's like we were saying, because Two Guys and a Girl was always a weird show. Even when it was, like, standard, like, just regular hang, hangouts to come in the beginning, like, there were always, like, undercurrents of just straight-up fucking weirdness. Weird stuff. Yeah. This was, like, uh, like... A very standard awesome. family yeah. drama. It kind of came across. This was more of a fam- like, uh, sorry family sitcom. This was more of like a standard family sitcom than Fresh Prince. Like Fresh Prince, I could probably buy this. I could definitely yes, buy this more on Fresh Prince. Had weirdness, exactly. Oh, for sure. This had more of a Growing Pains kind of vibe. So yes. For it to suddenly have a dummy killing people. Growing like, Pains has a fourth wall breaking episode, which we do have on our schedule. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but still, like for the most part, it's it's definitely a much more grounded kind of show. So for it to kind of break out and do mm-hmm. this kind of weird stuff, even like a Full House was would have been a little bit odd um but they, they do it they absolutely do it and um so let's get into the episode itself but there's not there's there's a pretty core plot here but it's all about the halloweenness of it all so mm-hmm. it kind of there's not a lot it going on really like, it seemed like it went on forever but like they go through the beats pretty quickly honestly yeah yeah so what happens is first of all after being told to watch this with someone brave because they know that children Which, will be traumatized otherwise and it's with uh, reggie and uh the from what's his name? Eddie from That's the Raven. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, is it this? I don't even know if that's the same kid. Because that's. I don't know. 3J, is, the... 3J is the one that uh, he goes to Halloween with, but that didn't look like him. It looked like a smaller child. Oh, it could have been. And oh, also. There's, there's a bunch of kids randomly running around here at all times. And they've all been recast at one point, so it's very hard to follow. This is also just a reminder that little Reggie grew up hot, as you could tell from Vampire Diaries Season 2. Oh, I didn't know that oh, was. Jesus. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So most of the cast of this is actually very, very attractive. They're all just made to look really ridiculous and stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just bad. Um, so anyway, so they they start off warning you that it's a scary episode because kids are going to get traumatized. And no, of course, immediately they cut to Steve walking down there, like, and they're all, "What do you have there?" He, he and walks a dummy. And the crowd applauds. Oh. We're out in the world. <laughs> and yeah. then. He's got a dummy with a sheet over it, which is also really creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in general, like just don't. Why do you need a sheet on it already? And then he and he pulls the sheet off, and he's like, "It's a dummy." And then my reaction was basically Carl's. So Carl like screams out in yeah, fear. I'm murder. not a fan of ventriloquist dummies. This, this They're really like, creepy. Looks like a sixty year old Urkel. It's like. so creepy though. I don't know what it is about it. It just it's eerie from the get go. I don't know why. Some dummies don't, don't really scare me. Like, the more basic ones don't bother me. This is just, like, something's a little off about it. Because I think it was, like, hand-painted to look like Steve Urkel. So it just comes across as extra creepy. Yeah, it looks a hot mess. And its head's a little too big. And then when it switches to the, the person in the dummy suit, which we'll get to later <laughs> on, that's also the, the sizing aspects are all over the place. It's just very upsetting to watch. I was upset throughout the entire episode and had nightmares after watching it. So, <laughs> warning, guys, it's a creepy one. Um, but so they they give it a funny voice, which is just it's supposed to be Jaleel White. Well, first of all, Jaleel White starts doing the, the ventriloquist act where he just you know he's not good, terrible Mm-mm. jokes. This is a classic of of all dummies is they do dumb jokes, and then he gives it a funny voice, which is just his actual voice, which is kind of funny. Um, so the you're like, okay, he's not good at this. And there's a point later where someone says a joke and they're like, yeah, my mom doesn't know anything. My mom's a telephone pole from Kansas City. I was like, this is a weirdly dark joke. On a this, show. Is a, this is a Mora joke. Yeah, that's dark though. Like, just to basically say like, yeah, his mom's a telephone pole, like, because it's wooden, but it's just weird. Elena, so, Elena, what was your reaction like to seeing this and being like, what is the show? <laughs> having not seen as much of it so, as we have. Okay, well, first off, I kind of forgot what the Urkel voice sounds like. It's, oh, it's I was so like, obnoxious. Oh my I, god. I was thinking, because I know, basically all I know about Family Matters is 
occasionally watching it on ABC Family and then that great Key and Peele sketch about Family Matters. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, I will link to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was watching this episode and it was like kind of creepy and it was literally all about Urkel and how his like dummy, evil dummy counterpart was killing the Winslow family. And all I kept thinking was this show is like that Key and Peele sketch though, where like <laughs> Jaleel White is the mastermind, like just controlling all the storylines because... I don't, I was, I hate dummies. I'm not a huge fan of ventriloquist dummies or stuff like that. But I, this episode did not make me want to watch any future episodes, past, past, present, future. It's so, it's so funny because like, that's very Please true. watch an episode from season one. I got Because it, it's, it's so, so different. It's jarringly different. And it's so interesting because like a lot of what I, I watched this show pretty, I wouldn't say like obsessively, but like I watched it pretty regularly. And I do remember so much more about it in reference from other shows referencing it because this is a very very popular show. Mm-hmm. So like people referencing like the whole did I do that and all the Urkel like th- you can call someone Urkel and whether or not they've seen the show they know what you're talking about so they know it's an insult they know you're you're calling them a nerd you don't have to be like oh who what's Urkel you'll know the gist of it because that's how like synonymous it is with being a nerd in culture so like it's weird to to know so much about a show and then forget a lot of it because when you're watching it it's oh yeah all these beats are here it's all Urkel being goofy Urkel and all that stuff is very much true so like the, like you're saying the Key and Peele skit and like uh, there's a couple other like major references to the show where it's like oh it can't really be this broad and ridiculous it's like oh no it's even more broad and ridiculous just wait y'all were talking about how he is like the transformation machine to be cool and i was like oh they were talking about a transformation machine in that key and peel sketch but i thought they were just kind of joking but no that's (laughs) no it's a literal and then i want to we should probably be more clear it's a literal machine it's not like it's like something where you know even in this where we'll we'll get to the the ventriloquist dummy becomes alive because it gets uh, struck by a bolt of lightning. lightning It's not like we're saying that, like, it just kind of wakes up. We literally see a bolt of lightning shock it for, like, a full minute, and then it wakes up and it blinks its eyes. So it's it's as broad and ridiculous as we're making it out to be, I promise. <laughs> um, but after Eddie uh, makes fun of him for not being good at ventriloquist, dummy, the thing, ship, whatever. The thing I found, like, really weird in the scene was, like, the whole family was in the living room. Like, that's a huge family, and they were all just in there thinking about Halloween, I, I guess. Know. Yeah. I was like, this is strange. It's so strange. I want dysfunctional families. Get this out of here. They, the lightning bolt comes, um, it strikes him alive, and then the ventriloquist dummy then becomes sentient. And Well, you're skipping the very appropriately placed uh, Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan poster that oh, becomes important later. I'm like, I'm like, this is such a weird shot. Why are we focusing on this? And why is this over Steve Urkel's bed? Why does he have a... I mean, I know they're in Chicago, especially during that time, Dream Team and everything, but, like, it's Steve Urkel. <laughs> it, is, it doesn't make any sense that he'd be that big of a fan. I don't know. I guess maybe a little bit, because they're in Chicago. I don't know. It just, it felt very handy. It's, like, it didn't it's just, like, it, I, I bet it's not a poster that's there any other episode, but they needed it for the bits later, obviously. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, Steve's very upset that he sucks at ventriloquism. Because that's apparently his new life goal, even though we've only heard him, you know, pursue it for right like now. Uh-huh. He's complaining like, uh-huh. about like not being good at everything. It's like you're not good at like not stalking women. God <laughs> damn, Toya. Uh, but yeah, so then when the thing starts talking though, after this, when it becomes it's alive, demon voice. It is terrifying. That is the creepiest part of it. And I found out that the director we see later on making that voice. Why didn't they keep that voice? They had this, like, I mean, it's still not great, but it's, like, a very, very cheesy, simple, just, like, I'm creepy voice. Instead, it switches to this, like, Hail Satan. demon voice. It's so creepy, and it's definitely, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been, I don't know how to describe it. It's been, uh, it's fucked been... with an audio. It's like, been... modulated down. It's been modulated for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not a natural and voice in any respect. I... This is another time when it's, like, I was fascinated by the crowd reaction because the crowd's reaction in this episode, like, during all this dummy stuff, is like, they've never seen a television show before. (laughs) That's their reaction. They're like, what? (gasps) Oh, God, not the lightning. They are freaking the fuck out. They think this dummy is real, this crowd. I don't understand how anybody... I don't understand how anybody can react happily like that. They're scared, but they're also, like, cheering it on. And I was like, no... 
Do not cheer dummy on you fools. <laughs> like this is how it ends. I don't like. Like there were ooze when the lightning hit him. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And they're like <laughs> so they gasps they when actually... it like came to life. Like, but that's the thing. There's no way this was filmed in a fully live audience. Right. There's so much just laugh track and, and punched up. It's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, so that it's it's already from the get go ridiculous and absurd. So it, it comes, it becomes sentient, and immediately becomes the creepy demon voice, which is like cool. What that we needed more to this creepy looking dummy besides an evil demon voice. And when I say demon voice, it's like, hello, Steve. <laughs> like it's real creepy like that, and it's like classic. You know, I don't even. Know it's not even like kind of it's not even like fronting like it's possibly a good guy. Like nope, I'm evil. I, mm-hmm. The thing about dummies is usually that they don't have that kind of voice. That's the whole creepiness is that they have like a kid voice or something. Mm-hmm. And instead, this is just, or like some kind of like a Jersey gangster voice is the two different. What? Options, you know? <laughs> season one of season one of Buffy taught us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the, the Sid or whatever, where it's just sort of like a hey, hey, what's up, man, that kind of stuff. Or it is, it is like um, a creepy, um, like kitty kind of voice, where it's like, hi, how are you? Like creepy shit like that. That's also creepy. And some goosebump shit. It would have been creepier to me if they had actually kept the voice that the director was doing in the making of. That was pretty creepy. It was just kind of like a, hi, I'm steve Like, very normally creepy voice. That's even creepier because it's just a regular voice. But anyway, so it comes... Actually, uh, what was the dummy's name before steve Because he, like, he takes steve later, but Shit, what was his know. name? I don't remember. Did he have a name? I think he just says, this is my dummy. Does he have a name? I guess not. But yeah, I'm like, oh, his I'm like, oh, his name wasn't Steve the first. Because like, he does take time. the like, name oh, okay. Steve. You're right. It's very creepy. Like it's like it's a baptism. Hey, name. evil! I think I'll call myself Steve. <laughs> hey, so terrible. I mean, that dummy has some great logical reasoning, though. I mean, you gotta, you, you gotta, gotta give it that. that. Uh, so then he, demon uh, dummy, is now like full on just trying to go on a murder streak because he hates the wind. Well, this is this is before the murder streak because this is where like. Oh, I have to tell everyone my dummy can talk. But, like, I'm sorry. Rules of dummies that are possessed and evil, you don't lift the thing up and walk out the room with it. The thing is gonna murder you if you do that. Well, apparently Steve doesn't seem to realize that this dummy is evil. I don't get it. A fucking idiot. He grabs the dummy, goes- Even though the dummy's voice literally sounds like, Steve. And it's like, he grabs the dummy, runs downstairs, (laughs) he's like, It's alive! And they're all like, oh, Steve, shut the hell up. And then it fakes being dead and, like, you know- slack on the table on the chair it just kind of sits yeah. there and they're like steve it's fine and then steve starts and then carl says and says the lines something something the rubber ramada like a nut house <laughs> and i'm like that's actually pretty good i appreciated that line the oh, rubber ramada jesus uh yeah the, well they, they're claiming that steve has lost his mind which is like why is this show taking such a strong stance on that now because this why does steve like live with thing? you forever why does steve live with you why does steve exist why does he why are you allowed to stalk his daughter so aggressively there's a lot of questions here that have never been answered but uh so he thinks he's losing his mind and they're all like oh you're fine steve you're fine and then he's like oh no and they all leave one by one until it's just him and the dummy and the dummy's like steve you're fine and this they're back to the like steve you're fine and then steve gets a little creeped out it's actually ray romano (laughs) hey steve Deborah, <laughs> Deborah. <Deborah. laughs> now you're going anyway. like Kermit the Frog. Fuck. Deborah, take me a meatloaf. All right, so um, so then. Oh my god. <laughs> so then he's like lost his mind at this point because, it's, and this is where the episode. It's already been a little creepy if you don't like dummies and just the vibe of the dummy and how it's painted and how it's speaking. It's already creepy enough. Then the thing starts walking around like real nightmare fuel. And the crowd goes wild. I lost oh my god, my that dummy is walking! I lost my mind at that. They've like, never it, watched television. I but like at least do the do the puppetry bit of it where it's like a puppet on I don't care. I I would take that every day of the week. Seeing it walk around naturally, like, with joints and shit, like, it was not right. It, it terrified me. So, if you've ever seen, um, Passions, I mentioned to Elena before, it's the Timmy from Passions is playing the body double for Stevel, which brings in a whole load of weird stuff because that kid is very white, but, uh, he <laughs> is wearing the full Stevel costume, complete with hands and face and everything, so he, it looks like the dummy is walking around of its own volition, but it's like... There's a, there's a difference, because when the dummy is sitting still, it's a dummy. It has very little joints, the, the arms are bony and weird, it doesn't have a ton of, like, meat on the bone, basically, because it's a dummy that's stuffed. 
But when it starts moving around with the, with the kid in, in its place, it just doesn't look right. Like, the kid is moving around at a, at a speed and a pace <laughs> that the dummy should not be able to match. And it's just unnerving it's to watch fluid. because <laughs> it creeps me out so bad. I don't know what it is. It just, like, hits a, hits a nerve on me where I'm just like, no, stop happening. So that bit happens. It, it's extremely unnerving. And Steve, understandably, his brain basically melts because it's just like, what's <laughs> happening? He locks himself in the room upstairs, just kind of says, fuck it, Winslow, you're on your own. And then it comes in the window like a fucking, like, gymnast. It pops through the window, like, does a somersault, basically. Lands on the ground. There's and a then, whole lot of stuff happening. And it proceeds to start dancing. Oh, because my he God. Says, he's like, oh, what does he even say? Why does it start dancing? He's just like, oh, I can't believe you're moving around like well, that. Well, uh, he obviously says, uh, now watch me whip, now watch me <laughs> nae Oh, God. And then it just starts doing a little dance, and it's... It's, it's not okay. It's, it's really it's not, not okay. okay. It's very upsetting to watch. I don't know how to describe it, but you... I, I'll, I'll try and make a gif of it or something. It's it's unnerving. I wrote but down also, in my notes, like, dancing with, like, 17 question marks, and I just <laughs> did not know what was happening in that moment. That's the point where everything's at such a fever pitch, you're just like, and then it starts dancing, and you're just like, no, 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 no. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so then, um... Uh, he, he he yells at the dummy. Instead of, like, being, like, genuinely afraid and, like, leaving some space between them, Steve is Steve. So Steve's just like, why didn't you talk in front of the Winslows? And he's like, I don't like the fucking Winslows. <laughs> he's like, Whoa! And it's like, I yeah, wish he would have started dropping F-bombs. That great. And he's like, they make me sick. They the Winslows are the way, so I have to get rid of them. And it's like, they make me sick. I'm like, damn. Like, that seems like... A little, like, maybe getting a little racist? A little racist? Yeah, well, like, it's Tim from, from Passion, so it's even creepier. But so then, they're also just like, okay, you're evil then, question mark? And the thing's like, I guess I am. <laughs> so it decides to just lean into it, and like we said, takes the, <laughs> takes the Christian name Steeple <laughs> for itself, I guess. Because he- the Christian <laughs> name! <laughs> That's what Steve says. He says, you're evil. He's like, I'm evil. Might as well call me Steeple. And it's just like, and the whole crowd's like, ah! <laughs> just I can't tell if the crowd's screaming at any given moment because they're terrified. I hope the crowd is just full of, like, middle-aged black women. I would have loved that. <laughs> oh, God. I would just be so creeped out if it was in the crowd and that was on stage. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? I'd be terrified. I would not be able to sleep for weeks. And then, first of all, okay, this is already- I wonder how many children were there. Those oh, poor no, children. I'd... Jesus Christ. Scarred for life. That's why, I, if this was shot fully in- I can't imagine it's fully in front of a live studio audience. It doesn't seem possible. But, uh- the mood jazz in between cuts is absolutely insane. So there's these, like, super dark beats where it's like, call me steve and then it starts a murder spree, and in between it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? I'm like, this is, like, the smoothest jazz on the, on the planet, and that's in between a murder spree. That made it all the more unnerving because it was, like, super casual murder spree time. Soup's cash. It was just not okay. So he he gets locked up in a in a, a fucking somehow they have a random um what do you call it like a what do they call it like a chest like a huge hope yeah. chest. He locks it mm-hmm. away with a literal lock and key, and uh the you think okay first of all it won't work, it's a thin case you need to lock that shit away you can't just throw it in the case with a thin wood top that thing can easily get through. And it, it, they lock it up, leave it alone, and Steve's like, guys, you gotta get out of here, this is, this is getting bad. He tells Carl, um, Carl's like, oh, calm down, Steve. Steve will then issue punching through, like, the fucking scene in Carrie, and then gets himself out. This is where the episode goes to a very dark place, because it's already been creepy, but when they cut to that scene, with that doll in the, in the, the, the chest, it, it pops its hand out, it unlocks itself from the thing, it pops the trunk open... And then it has this weird face Mm-mm. where it lights up just the eyes and laughs, and it is not okay. I did not sign up for something this scary. <laughs> I was like, this is an episode of fucking Family Matters. I should not be having nightmares over that. <laughs> but, uh, so then he, it, make, it pulls a creepy-ass face, and then we get to the scene where it starts really knocking people off. And, and it goes down pretty quickly, like, slasher style, where they just start murdering people left and right. But, um, it, it first pops its head out the chimney, like... I don't want that either. <laughs> it just says, like, Eddie! Aww. Eddie! And Eddie's, Eddie's reading a magazine, like, okay, sure. Santa? <laughs> Santa. He answers Santa. It's a Halloween episode, Eddie. Get your shit together. And then, uh, so he, he 
looks up the chimney because he thinks that someone could be trapped up there. Santa. Someone. He, he, thinks he thinks it's Santa. Santa. He yeah. thinks like it's not someone. It's Eddie, Santa. Eddie, you, you're just so good looking, but so dumb. Ooh, no. <laughs> so dumb. But so uh, it is like really creepy because he gets yanked up the chimney and you see like just his legs by the end of it, like as he's being pulled up. It's a disturbing scene because even if you don't know what's happening to him. He's just disappearing up a chimney with just his legs at the end. So it's, like, not okay. It's not a kid show kind of shot. And then the, the fucking dummy comes back down, just pops its head out, one down, five to go. Like, Jesus Christ! And then and then proceeds to just hunt down the family, starting with the kids. It goes chasing that after- That green screen. Oh my god, oh. that green screen was terrible. Somehow it gets a beetle. I don't know whose fucking car That's it is. That's a very- I, I thought- I was thinking that maybe that car was, like, an accessory to, like, the dummy set, like a Barbie car, because I was like, that car is weirdly made perfectly for that dummy size. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, though, because the way it's, like, it, the way it fits in the car, too, like, that kind of car, it's obviously small, but it's still, that's a dummy. It's not, it's not even going to make it to the street. <laughs> I don't know what kind of fucking buggy that is. Anyway, so he's zooming down the street in a little white buggy after, um... I th- it, it is 3J and, and Richie, right? The, the little yeah. kids. And they're dressed as Rodman and Jordan, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Or yeah, they are. Rodman, I can't even tell. And they're, like, zooming down the street. Like, Come on, Rory! It was specifically because of that stupid poster shot. But they both have blonde hair. Did Jordan have blonde hair at that point? No, Jordan's bald. Oh. Like, he, he's, like, he's clearly a, bald. He's wearing a bald cap. Oh, is that the what ba- it was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. All right, that makes more sense. I and thought the, it was Rodman like, is obviously the blonde one. Yes, well, of course. And, uh, this is because it's the classic Bulls, whatever, whenever this was shot. <laughs> um, Bulls of 90s. Um, and then they, they're, like, zooming down the street screaming, and then you just have, like, Steve-o, like, he's chasing down two children. They're, like, what, seven or eight? It's a disturbing scene. They're screaming at the top of their lungs, like, trying to get away, and then they just keeps, like, barreling down in the car. Are we supposed to think that they're gonna, it's gonna run them over? I, I have questions. Yeah! I don't... What's funny about that? This isn't funny. This is not a sitcom. This is scary. And so later on, we find out after it confronts um, Steve in the bedroom again, Steve comes upstairs, finds the thing has escaped, and then it it tells him to look behind the Murphy bed, and then there's the two kids. I don't know how that's supposed to be. We're supposed to imagine that he, what, like, put them into the painting or something? Because, again, no one is being, like, actually killed off. They're all, like, still talking and chatting Cutting jokes. It is one of those weird, like, nine. Well, besides Carl. Carl's bit's a little weird. But yeah. it's... it's And Eddie. You never see Eddie again. <laughs> I don't know what Exactly, yeah. Eddie, Eddie disappears. Eddie and he's like, like okay, he's... Eddie's like, I, I cashed my paycheck for the week. I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> Santa? Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, so then they, we see the kids are... Their faces are, like, you know, cut... Like, cut... I don't know how to describe it. Like, cardboard cut out of, at a fair style in the faces of Jordan and uh, Rodman. But I don't know if we're supposed to take away that they're in the painting now, because it's a poster slash painting of Jordan and Rodman, or they're just in the wall behind the poster. It could have been either one. And either one's still kind of creepy, but it doesn't really let you know. They should have probably maybe made that a little more clear. I, I have, don't know. <laughs> I have so many questions about this tiny dummy and how it, like, gets all of these people in the strategic places that it does. Like... How is it? Is it gifted with superhuman strength that it can drag a grown ass man up a chimney and like place children into a wall? Like I and this is later <laughs> seasons. Family matters. Eddie is like six two, yeah. like two fifty. That guy is not going to go up uh-uh. easily. You're going to really have some strength on you. And it is supernatural. So I guess you're trying to claim like okay. We're not all gonna be able to grab Terry's McCrary by both hands. But like you could at least you could at least claim like this the, the magic element is there but there are other parts of it that aren't magical it's literally just running over the kids like, I, don't I don't know what's really magical about that i guess putting them in the, the painting i guess is be magical i guess but well but it, it makes even less sense when you get to the laura bit because coming up next is laura which oh my god the laura bit where they it, they cut laura into three court into three uh three thirds whatever in, into the top it's just her head and then her her torso and then her legs, and then it puts her in the cabinets. According to that, so yeah. one cabinet is her head, one cabinet's her torso, one's her her legs, but they're all still moving. So like when she goes to scratch her head, the arms that are on the torso move up to the other box, <laughs> which is her head. It's like a magic trick, basically. And 
I don't understand the... I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, what's the point of this? I don't understand what's happening. And so uh, it just sort of says like, oh, and then Laura's just like, don't, I don't want you to see me like this. Close the cabinet. I'm like, girl, no, get out of the cabinet. <laughs> like, what are you talking Apparently about? Apparently you can move, so get the fuck out. She seemed so chill in those cabinets. She was like, hey, I'm in these cabinets. She was cabinets. more embarrassed. What's she up? was like, oh, I'm embarrassed, whatever. I know. Mm. Well, well, I thought when she was like, hey, close these cabinets. He's like, oh, yeah, duh. It was like hey, dude, we don't have any more money for this CGI, so you better close these cabinets. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And and it's a terrible... I mean, I, I guess that's CJ too. could have been even practical, because it looks like it was just, like, a light, and they... I don't even know, though. It I feel like it was CGI. practical. They definitely CGI'd part of it. Like, her, her torso is just not there, but they probably just had some kind of weird practical... I don't know. Mm. It was just... It was bizarre. I will say the mom's bit, that was where they blew all their money on. Because then I they, can't believe I rem- I remembered that <laughs> that bit the mom bit. God, well I would be traumatized by it too. So <laughs> clearly it needs to be in the memory bank somewhere. But they walk over in the same in the kitchen after he shuts the the cabinet doors on Laura because that's okay to do. Um, he looks at, there's a box. This is oh my god, it was already creepy. But when they start pumping that thing, I was like losing my mind. So there's a jack in the box there, and he says turn the crank to find out what's inside and he literally turns a crank and it and I was like no like this is a horror movie and then how Harriet pops out as a jack-in-the-box so it's like her head on a spring but she's still talking like like cracking jokes and stuff mm-hmm. so I don't know what's supposed to be ha- it, it comes across as very cartoony because this is the kind of stuff that would happen in a cartoon version of Christmas where stuff like goofy stuff happens mm-hmm. but it's just not it doesn't really fit the episode style because it goes between being terrifying and then goofy so it's just not it doesn't it's not a good fit and so Harry gets a jack-in-the-box and then that uh, somehow like pushes him over the edge even though Laura didn't which doesn't make much sense mm-hmm. and he puts the, the dummy into the refrigerator and he's like you're done I'm, I'm icing you or whatever <laughs> and he sticks him in there and he's barely in the refrigerator for like five minutes for or nine, five, five seconds and it, it burrows out the back so we're supposed to believe that it can burrow through the back of a refrigerator Superhuman like, strength. Jones sur- Indiana Jones survived a nuclear blast in her refrigerator, but Steve can get out in three seconds with a good like spoon. And uh, <laughs> he goes out the back of the fridge, and this is where he like runs into Carl. Mm-mm. First of all, when he's burrowing out the back of that fridge too, he like Steve hears something was like up, so he opens the door again. The thing waves at him, all creepy like, and then runs away. Like it was soup. That was really eerie too. And it was like, a, that was something out of like a slasher movie as well, because you basically saw the, the killer run away. It's very creepy. And then you go you go in and Carl's just like reading a magazine in the living room. And Steve's like, hey Carl, um, we need help. The family's getting murdered bit by bit. And Carl's just like, eh, who cares? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I can't remember. Because Carl was the kind of character that could believably say something like that and he would actually mean it, which is insane, but... <laughs> Carl hates his family, he hates Steve, he hates everything. Carl doesn't hate his family. Maybe later seasons, Carl, but Carl doesn't hate his family. I wouldn't hate Steve. He hates hates the noise and he hates the drama. I wouldn't, you're right. I don't think he hates the family, but when he says they're getting, I don't know if he says killing off, I guess he does basically say killing off, but he he reacts in a way, he's like, eh, it'll be quieter. Like, that's the kind of joke you could picture him actually making, which is still dark as hell. But then you find out, like, oh, and then he says, well, is it so bad that they're killing them? And then you're, whoa, 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 this is not, that's, it's not Carl, Carl. And he's like, lighten up, Steve. And Steve's like, wait, what? And then Carl gets thrown to the side slack, and you find out that Steve-El is using him as a puppet. Like, Steve-El as the ventriloquist, Mm -mm. Carl as a puppet. And it is very, very dark. And Carl then goes limp to the side on the couch, clearly, I guess, to be dead, which is, to me, we, we did an he's, episode... Yeah, he's super dead. We we did an episode for this show uh, about a different episode of Angel, even though we talked about Smile Time a lot, but that is so dark. That is something right out of that kind of a element, where it was, like, using a human as a puppet. Mm-hmm. Like, very, mm-hmm. very creepy shit. And that is, like, this is a family sitcom, and it's a, a human being being used as a puppet. <laughs> Like, that's crazy. A very, just, like, the the puppet sitting on the couch and him, like, falling over and him popping back up and saying such, like, callously horrific things about his family. I was like, who is watching this and being like, this is super funny, y'all. I think overall, 
the audience reaction who, like was watching this and laughing yeah, the audience the canned audience laughter was by far to me the most disturbing thing about this episode yeah people were like oh my god this is hilarious and just like he's cracking jokes he's cracking these oh, terrible god. bad jokes which is such a dummy thing to do is just make bad jokes and the thi- and everyone is just cracking up at them like they're start killing yeah. he's crushing it but like when you first reveal that Stevel when they first reveal Stevel is is puppeting him he's underneath Carl so it's even creepier because Carl's just sitting there it's just Reginald Val Johnson just sitting there like talking and then he gets thrown to the side and Stevel's just underneath of him and it's very very creepy and then when he pulls him back up again he just sort of is sitting on his lap and and. Reginald Val Johnson's not a small guy. For it to be a little tiny dummy, it's a very creepy scene because the dummy is so small and he is just like a big grown man and it's just creepy as shit. And so when you find out he's basically dead, they begin to have a fight, which uh, uh, you find out the, the, the dummy has been doing this because he wants Steve Urkel to go on the road with him and be an act where the dummy is the ventriloquist and Steve is the puppet, which you never spelled that out until just now. And in fact... <laughs> You already have Carl. Just use Carl. Why are you even still concerned about Steve? But, uh, so then they they begin fighting, and it's something to me that's very disturbing is as they're fighting like this, in the background, Reginald Val Johnson is just literally passed out to the side still like a, like a human puppet. Like, it is upsetting to look at because he's like and it's not like he's like passed out like eyes closed he like looks like a puppet where it's like his eyes are open and his mouth is kind of a like a jar a little bit it's just disturbing and then they start fighting on the ground steve at one point rips the fucking dummy's head off yep and now this is a dummy that not just is i mean ripping a dummy's head off is creepy enough because it looks like a little person but when you see the thing moving around in its own volition, you know that there's a human being behind the scenes, you know, pretending to be the dummy. So when he rips the head off, I'm like, is this gonna have some viscera attached to it? And I was like, what's happening? But it, of course it doesn't, it just comes out like it's a dummy yeah, head like on, a, on, a, on a spoke, yeah. And then tosses it aside, and then rips all the appendages off one by one, its arms, its legs. It was very dark scene in general. Again, still, all this is happening, Bill Johnson still passed out in the background, still in frame the whole time. Getting his money's worth. And then they're all just like, oh god, uh, like, they're, they're running around, and then the thing, eventually it's supposed to be, like, I guess in quotation mark, dies, but yeah. then its parts auto-regenerate, so they all come flying back to its arm, its arm, its leg, its leg, and then it stands up and it's like, now it's personal. And of course the crowd loses yeah, their shit. Yeah, so excited. <sighs> like, I understand this is the 90s, and then, you know, obviously having someone dropped the now it's personal line is like ha 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 that's hilarious but like it, it comes across as just generally disturbing because we just watch the thing get torn to shreds and then it just all it's like a terminator style just comes right back together and you're like oh god we're never gonna escape it and then we find out of course instead of actually summing up the situation into having a, c- a conclusion they're just like oh it was a dream and he wakes up with a pillow on top of him and then Eddie comes in, still bragging, like, oh, you're so dumb. But Eddie starts throwing around some big words. So you're like, something's up. Because that's not <laughs> oh, Eddie's Eddie. style. I love Eddie. So beautiful. So dumb. <laughs> uh, but so he, he comes in like, hey, you, your, your obsessive compulsive disorder is blah, 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 blah. A bunch of nonsense. And then says, look, the surgery will help you, make him, help you feel better. And... For some reason, Steve's, like, open to the idea of surgery at first, but then he pulls out the, the I guess, the part that he'd be using to, to do the, the whisker. A whisker. It is literally an egg whisk. Yeah. So, and then he starts, he starts, he hits the button, it goes like, and it's like, imagine beating eggs for, like, whipped cream. It's disturbing. Like, the, I, the idea of having that on someone's face is terrifying, and it's coming closer and closer to Steve. Then, of course, like, this is the original Inception. We find out that was another dream. <laughs> this is all been Steve's like holiday. This is literally what they say. It was another one of Steve's holiday-based nightmares, nightmares where, he, like, in a string of nightmares he's had for every holiday, he has become the the, the turkey stuffed him. Uh, there's something with the I guess some kind of Christmas one as well. There's like an uh, Easter bunny remember. one where he gets mauled. The Easter bunny or found something. him in a, yeah. The Easter bunny found him in a in a hall in a what do you call it an alleyway or something stupid like that. Some dumb stuff. And then, literally, that's the, that's the wrap-up for the episode. It's just, oh, Steve, get better sleep. And then they have a close-up of Steve-O, where they should have had Steve-O wink, obviously, if they didn't do it. They just slowly fade into Steve-O, and then just, like, cut the black. And then, of course, it's the montage we've all been waiting for, where we watch the cast and crew make the... 
<laughs> episode of Stable. And this is where I find out that it was, this is where I found out it was Timmy from Passions. I was like, oh my god, what? Which again is a weird choice for, I guess, it's, it's just, you're working with what you have, but it's just a little creepy to have him as the puppet. And then the director's doing the voice, um, and they fucked with it in the editing. And there's this shot where the where the two directors are holding the Stevel puppet, because they show them, like, having it walk around, and how they had to do the, um, the logistics of it. And they're both holding the puppet with these dead eyes, and then lightning strike, and they just look so depressed. Oh. <laughs> I was just like, this is the saddest scene or the clip I've ever seen. Like, they looked absolutely dead inside. Because this is, like, season eight. They already knew it was going to get canceled because of all the drama with transferring different uh, stations. And it just felt incredibly dark. And that's that's kind of how the show wrapped up. It just became more and more pointless. Because this is already at the point where it had gone off the rails. And they tried to go from, what was it, like, CBS to ABC or something? Or vice versa? Opposite way around, yeah. Yeah, ABC went to CBS. CBS cancels it Yeah, because it used to be in TGIF. And it was a big deal. And then they, they were like, oh, no, we can't, like, get the same kind of, um, you know, lead-in as it had before or whatever. So they tried to transfer it over to CBS because it would go along with Step by Step because it was the same general vibe in the early seasons. It seemed like nobody remembers that it became a different show. But uh, it was canceled after one season on CBS. Um, so it didn't... It, this is, like, the last little ditch effort. This is the beginning of the second to last season. So I feel like the, the, they look, like, dead inside because they're already kind of... Out, out the door. And that's it, guys. <laughs> I don't even know what more to say. That's an episode of TV that we watched that makes no sense. I mean, we've discussed it. Doesn't make any more sense. I don't think I don't think we really could really describe in depth how disturbing it is to look at the thing if you don't see it yourself. Try and find clips of it somewhere. It's upsetting to watch parts of it at least. Did and Did you say that it's a prequel to like a sequel episode? Yep, there's oh, a second, there's Stevel 2. Oh, God. Um, I didn't watch that episode because I don't think I could do that to myself because I already had nightmares after this one, but it was in the ninth season. Of course. Probably right before it got canceled because it was only aired for that first handful of episodes, so I'm guessing it was maybe like, I don't know, like two-thirds of the way through the, the season, last season, and then it's about, I guess, Stevel returns the next next Halloween and kills more people? I'll read off a little description where it just says, the follow-up to the last season's Halloween episode, uh, steve com- comes back to life. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it's accompanied by Carlsbad, an equal evil dummy that looks like Carl. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That was the 200th episode, so. <laughs> what? Hooray! <laughs> Nothing like doing a 200th episode and making it about two dummies. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was, <laughs> but that was, that was a, oh god, it aired in 1997 on October 31st. Mm. Oh, good lord. I wonder what the yeah. reaction for people that really enjoyed Family Matters was, like, did they really love Stevel? Was the audience, like, the canned sitcom laughter accurate? Because it, I don't know, was it popular enough that they're like, we gotta do a sequel, y'all, how are we gonna, like, up the ante on this yeah, one? Yeah, like, I don't see anyone clamoring for more Stevel after this. Well, this is very hard to find. The crowd. This is very hard to find, so it, I, that says a little bit to me. But the Stefan stuff, even though that was equally bizarre, that was definitely ate up. People love that shit. Yeah, people so, love Stefan. I don't know. I can't say for sure. There might have been people who genuinely found this hilarious. I don't know if I, even if I watched this when it was at its height, even though it wasn't at its height anymore. But like, if I had watched this live or something, which I, for all I know, I might have, I don't think I would have loved it because it's just very creepy. Um, but I, th- I certainly think some of the jokes are a little bit more, um, timely, like, especially the, the, the bull, the wearing the bull's outfit, and, you know, the rest of it's kind of not even very interesting, like, the Laura bit and the, and the mom bit, that's, eh, whatever, like, uh, Har- if it had been something like Harriet specific, that would have made more sense. This didn't really come across as something very comp, like, it was just sort of like, oh, here's just a way to kill her, that didn't have anything to do with them. As, as characters. At least the Carl bit was kind of ironic because using him as a puppet was pretty dark, but, like, you you gotta kill him off in a way that matches up. At least the boy, the little boys, you you kind of claim, like, you know, they put them in the poster, so it was kind of like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, the, the classic horror movie thing to me is to, to kill people off in the way that they have doomed themselves to be killed often by loving like something. Like Eddie's, because Eddie's so dumb. <laughs> I guess that's, a, even his was kind of weird though. I don't know. Killing off Eddie could have been a more vain kind of thing. I, I think I know what you mean though. It's like if earlier maybe he had been talking about the chimney or something. Yeah. 
Like, you can do it yourself. Yeah, or Santa, like, who cares about Halloween? I'm waiting for Christmas. Something like that. That's all you need is one stupid line. Then you get the joke. It makes more sense. But this, this was, they were all very just, oh, here's an easy way to kill someone, or here's a creepy way to, like, if you're going to have someone turn into a jack, jack in the box, like, fucking build up to it. Don't just turn someone into a jack in the box appropriate of nothing. Like, that is such a weird thing. Like, a jack in the box? And it's not like a subtle jack-in-the-box where it's like her body in a box, as a jack-in-the-box. It's like full-on has the little jester's hat. She's on a spring. She's ta- They did a green screen to make it look even more legit. Like, what a complete waste of money because it just doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm not. We're no further to uh, trying to figure out what the fuck's going mm-hmm. on. But so I maybe one day we'll do the, the sequel. I don't know if oh, I God. can deal with that though. We're not doing the sequel. <laughs> I've vetoed this. Thank you, Latoya. Lamb. All right. Lamb so do we have any other? Do we have any wrap up thoughts that we didn't get into, guys? Mm. Not really. Oh God! <laughs> don't watch this episode, guys. You'll have nightmares. So let's get the plugs. So what's up with you, Latoya? Uh, you can find me on the uh, Twitter at Lafergs, and you can just find out whatever I am working on. Uh, I guess I'll also plug to you guys in the grill if I haven't plugged <laughs> it enough on this podcast. Well, and maybe even just early you... season family matters. Yeah, it was good. It used to be great. Awesome. And what's up with you, Elena? Um, I you can find me on Twitter at Elena is awesome. Um, pretty easy <laughs> Twitter handle <laughs> I made when I was like seventeen years old. Um. Perfect. And yeah, I think I'll be writing about the premiere of Jane the Virgin. I'm really excited about that coming up um, in the next couple of weeks and just a random other smattering of TV writing and mostly just live tweeting all of my feelings about the Hamilton musical soundtrack. Oh, it's so it's good. So good. So fucking good. Oh, Jesus. All right. So now I have to like stop this and go back work, and listen work. to it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> work, work. Alright, uh, so uh, at thank you, and as always, I am at Maura E on Twitter. Um, coming up this week, I think it already dropped, we'll be recapping iZombies premiere, so that's in the same vein as kind of scariness um, at the Televixen, so watch that. And then uh, next week's episode of this show will be another spooky <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, 666 Park Avenue, Season 1, Episode 9, Hypnos. Yes. Good times. Uh, and then in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at the Televoid. Uh, you can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes, and then email us at Televoid at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again for wandering into the Televoid, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Deborah, did I do that?